You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio. I had said I want to do a little bit of travel. And Garrett G doesn't do anything halfway. So a little bit of travel turned into... Selling everything, traveling around the world for <laughs> what we thought was going to be four or five months. And then that four or five months turned into three years of full-time travel, you know, five years later, 78 countries later, another child later. It just, it kind of evolved into what it is, but it didn't necessarily start off. That wasn't the plan initially. What started off as four months of travel for Garrett and Jessica G eventually turned into a lifestyle and a career. And during a time when a lot of us are still locked in our houses, it's nice to think about a couple traveling around the world with their young kids. It's nice to imagine them out there. See, Garrett and Jessica figured out how to become travel influencers. Influencer. That's someone who works with brands to pay them and their young family to travel around the world. It is a total dream. We're just your average family who is choosing to live a not-so-average life. We decided to sell everything and leave our home for an adventure around the world. And now, we are the Bucketless family. Oh, man. We've been, I think Dorothy and Manila, our oldest, have been to... They've been to 83 countries. Yeah, a lot of countries. And then baby Callahan, he's been to, I think, 37, I think. Now, there was part of me that wanted to find out this wasn't a dream. That traveling with three small children was actually exhausting and tedious. But the truth is that Jessica and Garrett do make it seem easy and beautiful, even though they're the first to admit that it is stressful sometimes. But right now, their nomadic family feels like exactly the escapism that we desperately need. I'm Joe Piazza, 
This is Committed. Jessica and Garrett met as missionaries for their church. We lived in Vladivostok, Russia. When you're on a church mission, it's not really a time to date or flirt or go out with anybody. Garrett had a girlfriend back at home who was like writing him every single week. Religiously, he was very serious about her. And Garrett and I, we were good friends on in Russia. We taught an English club together, but kind of dating anybody from this time is not really like... It was strongly frowned upon. It was the equivalent of being a nun and a priest and not being allowed to date date or flirt or anything of the sort. So they spent two years in Russia just being friends, nothing else, they swear. And after their missions, Jessica went home to Colorado and Garrett went home to Utah. And even though we were just friends, we spoke a lot on the phone between Utah to Colorado once we got back from Russia because we wanted to like talk about our time in Russia. It was all just kind of the makings for us to build a very strong relationship before we even uh, started dating, which eventually we came back together at Brigham Young University in Utah. And uh, both going to school there, that's when we started to finally date. Garrett actually came out to Colorado that summer. And one of our very first dates was to this Russian festival in downtown Denver. Like, who else are you going to go to a Russian festival? (laughs) And we just loved it. We shared that in common, and it was really special to us. Jessica is... I knew exactly what I wanted. Jessica is the most forward dating human <laughs> that ever was. She... Well, let's see. It was my first night in Colorado that you kissed me. Yep. It was our second date that we were out to dinner, and she said word for word, I'm probably going to marry you. So it was kind of out of my hands. I really had no choice. Then. <laughs> I really had no say in the matter. So we dated for around six months. We got engaged and then we were married. Three months after that. Yeah. So, I mean, start to finish, at least after our missions was less than a year. Yeah. So pretty fast. I did formally propose. And Jessica, somewhere in our dating, being as forward speaking as she always was, she had laid out her guidelines and rules on how to propose to Jessica. No, it wasn't even how to propose. It was how not to propose. Right. It was... Don't do it in public. Don't sing me a song. Don't play an instrument. Don't do it with a pumpkin and not at a a Harry Harry Potter premiere. (laughs) Don't know where that one came from. (laughs) No. And he did like three of the five. He. I think maybe, maybe had Jessica dated me longer and really gotten to know me, she would have known as soon as you tell me not to do something, it just encourages me to do exactly that. So yeah, I think I did three out of the five. I rewrote the words to the Jason Mraz song, I'm Yours. I learned how to play that song on the piano while singing it myself. And I did it at a piano bar in Southern California. So, yep, just broke all the rules. And I still said yes. And, oh, P.S., I'm a terrible musician. Oh, he's terrible. And an even worse singer. He's just horrible terrible. singer. And, but there was no pumpkin. No pumpkins, no um, Harry Potter premiere. Yeah, I really dropped the ball on those two. <laughs> Jessica and Garrett got married in Utah. It was small, sweet. 
We were so poor when we got married. It was just we didn't, we didn't really know it at the time though and like so it didn't feel like a poor wedding i think we paid like two thousand three hundred dollars for our entire wedding and it wasn't until we like got older and started to like meet other people and hear about the budgets that went behind their weddings that we realized that ours was definitely on the cheap where jessica's mom and her mom's friend like cooked all the food for all the guests but it was really fun like we had all the people we love all of our family and friends there garrett and, and his like very best buddies made up a dance and they danced for me at the wedding all right like a surprise cute. dance that was fun and then and then the whole wedding just kind of turned into a dance party so it was super fun like jessica said we were quite broke at the time and so i remember when we left our wedding reception to go to we were gonna do one night in a hotel in Salt Lake City, there in Utah, and then the next morning leave for our honeymoon um, on a cruise to Hawaii. And I remember leaving the wedding and taking the gift basket that had like cards that people had get, given us, hoping that there was either cash or checks in there so that we could have some spending money on our honeymoon. Like that's how broke we were when we first got married. Garrett's mom had gotten us a really great deal on a cruise uh, around the Hawaiian Islands. What's, it was what's like, the name of the brand of the cruise? It was a celebrity cruise. It was seven days around the Hawaiian Islands and then five day sail up to Vancouver, Canada. But it was it was a specific cruise line that's for elderly people. And I mean like the average age on this boat was probably... Like 75. No, it was like 85. It was, it was so old. old. <laughs> I mean, for reals, you would have um, like wheelchairs and walkers outside each elevator floor so that you could like drop off your walker, get on the elevator and then get a new one at the next floor. So it, it was really old. And, and all, note, of the, all of the workers were either like these young Australian blondes. The girls were the like girls the hostess. Were, yeah. And then everybody else were these young Filipinos. So everyone thought that we were like this crew who would kind of run off together. I, that on during that cruise line, my honeymoon, I had three different people come up to me that were also guests on this boat and tell me like, excuse me, sir, um, I spilled my drink over there. And the first time it happened, I was like, oh, dang, I'm sorry, that, that sucks. Uh, I don't know why you're telling me, though. And then I realized, oh, you think I'm a worker. And that happened three different times on, that, on our honeymoon. <laughs> the two of them were married college students for a few years. And then they moved to San Francisco for Garrett's tech startup. It was a company called Scan. He was fortunate enough to sell the startup to to Snapchat. And we had actually moved out to Los Angeles. We thought we were going to be in Los Angeles for like four or five years. We were really excited. And after a few months of, of working at Snapchat, Garrett quickly realized that he doesn't do well working for other people and it just didn't feel right. And he actually wanted to go back and finish playing collegiate soccer at BYU. So kind of the deal, I kind of felt like that was maybe a little bit going backwards. I loved my time in Utah, but I was so excited to be out and moving on and living in LA. So we kind of had this compromise where we said, okay, you can go finish one more season of soccer and then I get to choose what we do next. And I had said, I want to do a little bit of travel. And Garrett G doesn't do anything halfway. So a little bit of travel turned into selling everything, traveling around the world for <laughs> what we thought was going to be four or five months. And then that four or five months turned into three years of full-time travel, you know, five years later, 78 countries later, another child later. It just, it kind of evolved into what it is, but it didn't necessarily start off. That wasn't the plan initially, I guess. That moment right there, that was the start of the bucket list family. Garrett had sold his startup. 
but he didn't want to use any of the profits for their travels. That's why they sold everything. The two of them agreed that it was important to save their money. So after selling all their stuff, they had $45,000 to travel the world. But Garrett started thinking beyond that before they even got on their first plane. Yeah, I, I knew that the entrepreneur inside me wasn't going to just go on this like four month vacation. I started a YouTube channel and an Instagram account, not necessarily like, oh, I'm going to start a business, but it was more so like, okay, I'm going to journal and document these travels in this very special time, important time to our young family. But I do think it's just like the entrepreneur and designer inside me that I came up with the name, the bucket list family, and I like kind of created a family logo behind it, did try to turn it into like a fun channel that our family and friends back home could tune, uh, tune into. But if you were to watch our, the first video on our YouTube channel. Hi, uh, good morning. Um, my name is Garrett G. My wife and I and our little kids are about to go on a trip around the world. Come here, Dorothy. And we're gonna sell everything we own in our little apartment and then we're gonna go uh, westward. We currently live in Provo, Utah. So we're gonna go to Tahiti and then kind of island hop until we get to Australia. And then hopefully continue onward until we can make it all the way around the entire world. <clears throat> we're gonna maybe do one of these like YouTube video channels so that we can share stories with family and friends and whoever else wants to tune in back home. So it, it wasn't in the plan in the beginning for it to become something as, as big as it became. Anyone who's traveled with kids, small kids, Garrett and Jessica's were two and four at the time, know that it isn't easy. Know that it's a special circle of hell. It is. I don't say that lightly. I've done this and I don't travel with my kids anymore. Not lately. In fact, it's one of the hardest and most terrible things I've ever done. This is why I'll probably never be a travel influencer. We had a lot of nerves. We were nervous about just traveling with the kids and what that would entail. We were nervous for their safety. I was super nervous about putting the kids out on social media. But also like the typical, the typical fears of a young parent, like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do about a sleep routine? And what if we go to a place and there isn't a crib available? Or what if we can't find diapers and baby form? That was all stuff that early on we had like the typical parent fears. But that was really cool, at least as the husband and the father, to see Jessica grow so quickly into this just rock star traveling mom who realized babies are all around the world, which means diapers are all around the world, which means baby cribs, you know. Uh, it, it just really opened up both of our eyes as parents to there's some differences in how people parent in different cultures around the world, but that we, we embrace that and we learn from that. And the typical fears that we started off with pretty quickly left our lives. I think in the beginning too, we just, we. I just overpacked, you know, we had way too much stuff. I had a double stroller. Oh, when I see families <laughs> traveling with double strollers now, I'm like, oh. Rookies. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, yeah, just thinking that I needed to pack four months of diapers. But yeah, there's diapers literally in every country. Even the tiniest little islands, you can find diapers and wipes and formula and bottles. And it was that kind of thing where I just, I learned that we don't need to stock up and we can pack more minimalistically. And that's actually makes things so much easier for us to pack less. It's cool to think back that on our first few stops during our travels, like Jessica said, we had a double stroller. I think we had a car seat and we had like 
three really big check bags of luggage and then like backpacks and maybe two carry-ons, tons of stuff. If you were to see us now, when we go and we're going for like months of travel at a time, we're going around the world, we can do it out of one bag. We've really got it down to a size. Yeah, like one big bag or like three check, three carry-ons. Like we pack so minimalistically and that includes like all of our camera gear too. Usually where they, how we do it is my bag is the camera bag and any clothes that I bring are purely to support and like uh, add padding and protection around mm-hmm. the camera gear. And that those are my clothes. It That's also all. helps that Garrett is like the least stinky man on the planet. <laughs> so so he, can, he can get away with wearing the same clothes and not having to wash them like every other day. Traveling with kids isn't so much a struggle. If anything, it's better to travel with kids. You get new experiences and you notice different things that you wouldn't when you're traveling together as a family. I remember we were in Singapore And it was one of the first countries we visited. And we thought, okay, let's go get some lunch. And we're going to just try to find uh, comfort food for the kids. Let's see if we can find some pizza or some chicken nuggets or some French fries. And in the area we were in, the only thing available to us was this uh, dumplings restaurant. And so we go in and our kids were like pretty against trying it. But we came up early on in our travels with the family rule that You don't need to eat all of it, but you need to try everything at least once. And if you like it, then, you know, have as much as you would like. If you don't like it, you don't have to finish it, but you have to try everything at least once. And the kids were on board for that. So they tried the dumplings and sure enough, they love it. I mean, if you were to ask them now, it's become one of their favorite foods. Dorothy, every year for her birthday, like asks if there's a dumplings restaurant nearby. It's her favorite. And so that was a really cool lesson we learned early on. During those first four months, Jessica and Garrett traveled to Tonga, Australia, Thailand, New Zealand, Singapore, and Indonesia. And suddenly four months on the road wasn't enough. They wanted to keep going. More on that after a quick break. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God, 
my friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is she breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello from Kenya. So this week we're working with the Safari Collection. There's four different properties and we stayed at three of the four. As soon as we arrived into Nairobi, we went to our first property, Giraffe Manor. There's a giraffe on the door. Oh man, we've been, I think Dorothy and Manila, our oldest, have been to... They've been to 83 countries. Yeah, a lot of countries. And then baby Callahan, he's been to, I think, 37, I think. I mean, we've done a lot of Asia. We've done a ton of Europe, a little bit of South America. A lot of Africa. A lot of Africa. Some of our favorite memories, though, are just like typical parent memories that you would have with your child no matter where you are. It's just fun and unique that these things are happening in pretty spectacular places. So if you were to say like Callie's first time swimming in the ocean just happened to be in Cuba. Callie's first steps 
walking were in the Falkland Islands near Antarctica amongst penguins. Kind of typical first for kids, but in really unique places. When we left, first of all, we had sold everything. We had made about $45,000. And the thought was when that $45,000 is gone, we're like, we're done. We wanted to save everything we received from the acquisition of his company. That was our nest egg. We didn't want to touch it. So we took off with four or five months in travel. And then kind of the thought to, you know, Garrett would start his new endeavor and we would decide where we wanted to move. And much to the surprise, I think of both of us, especially me. We fell in love with the travel. We fell in love with the travel. We fell in love with like the minimalistic lifestyle. I was so surprised how much I didn't mind living out of a suitcase and how how I was doing really good at it. And we were just learning like so much from every culture we'd visit. We would like, our eyes would be open and we learned so much. We uh, just absolutely love spending so much quality time together as a family, just making so many new memories with our kids. And so when we fell in love with the travel, I took it like as a personal uh, task upon myself to make that $45,000 last as long as possible. That's when I really started to focus even more so on our YouTube channel and on our Instagram, hoping that we could start making money through it to either extend that $45,000 or if possible, turn it into something profitable. How do you travel the world and make money doing it? That was the question. 10 years ago, you'd be a travel journalist. That's what I did. But you probably wouldn't take your whole family with you. Today, we live in the age of the digital influencer. It's now a job to document your life and broadcast it on social media. And if you're good at it, it can be a very lucrative job. Garrett was determined to get very, very good at it. We worked really hard for it, but by the time that 45,000 started to run out, our social media following started to grow. And I mean, we probably spent that next year pretty much breaking even, traveling for free, working with enough like hotels and brands and airlines to break even and then by our like third year we were like actually making money well and it was kind of a slow turning process where at first brands did not care to work with us because we didn't have a strong following and they didn't know who we were and then as our following grew they would give us not not quite for free but they would give us just a discount and then it got to the point where they were giving us you know either flights for free or hotel stays for free in exchange for our work and uh, posting about their businesses and then eventually it got big enough that we weren't just getting stuff for free but they were hiring us and paying us to do our thing and that's when it became like a profitable career and lifestyle for us. It was about actually right about our year mark that we got our first paid gig and then it was just slow, slow growth from there. Today the Bucket List family is a formidable brand. Let me explain what that means. They have 2.5 million followers on Instagram, and that puts them in the very top tier of Instagram influencers. They've reached a point where they don't just travel the world for free. They travel the world and make a profit. They're kind of famous. And when you become famous, you have to set some personal boundaries. Has it ever been strange that your marriage and your family is so public that people kind of feel like they know you intimately through your social media? I think... It's never, it's never really been like a problem, but I think because we're just regular old us, like it does throw us off guard. So when people are time. like, you should write a parenting book or a marriage book, we're like, huh? <laughs> no way, we're just regular parents. Just making it up. But also when people like out on the street or when we're traveling and, and someone will recognize us and come up to us, 
it's always awkward because we don't expect it and we don't really understand it. And so when someone does, sometimes we feel bad because someone will be so stoked and excited to see us. And then our reaction is kind of like, oh, hey, hi, like, how do you know us? Uh, but that's mostly just us seeing ourselves as regular peeps. And uh, yeah, it catches us off guard. Time for a quick break. Be right back. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. 
It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is he breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Running a business and exploring the world with three kids doesn't necessarily leave much time to nurture a marriage. We are together absolutely 24-7. So we get a lot. But as far we, as spending like one-on-one time. We we kind of pride our, we're proud of ourselves that we like each other still. <laughs> and that like, you know, Garrett might be heading out of town in the next few weeks. And I like told him this morning, I was like, I'm really bummed that you're going to be leaving soon. Like, <laughs> I'm going to miss you. What? <laughs> together all the time. <laughs> but we still miss each other. We love each other. Um, I will say like we both make sure we exercise every single morning. I think that one hour, two hours to ourselves is very important. But that's like, then, that's like not together one-on-one time. That's like just one time. Like I work out alone. Oh, yeah, she yeah, takes yeah. The kids. Well, but I think that's important for our marriage and for our parenting. And it's then, so and then I think, you know, on our full-time travels, we, we were very trusting. We hired babysitters or like people that we knew or friends of friends. And like, we would leave the kids with, it you know, a hotel, a a hotel nanny to watch our kids so we could go scuba diving together like and we did that a lot yeah it almost became a goal though where when we would arrive to a place say we were in like new zealand and we were going to be there for a month it's like okay that's and it was just kind of naturally like we wanted to make friends everywhere we went but also in the back of our mind it's like okay if we find someone who we feel we trust and have really good vibes from enough uh that could be an opportunity for us to you know trust them, have them babysit, and we get to go on a date one of the nights. And honestly, probably almost every country that we visited, we were able to just, you know, find someone and go on a date night, the two of us. Did we ever have a negative babysitting experience? We had one negative babysitting experience. We were at Walt Disney World, actually. And we came home, and Manila, I kid you not, had one of those giant lollipops. Like giant lollipops? Stuck in his hair. He was he was asleep. Fell asleep, like eating a lollipop. And I was like, it was it was stuck to his face. I remember it was stuck to his cheek. (laughs) And I was just like, what? How much candy did you give these kids? Like, yeah. And so that was one of the more negative. I I remember I kind of had like a slap in the face when we had a babysitter show up. We were in Manchester, England, and the babysitter showed up. She was this older woman, but she had like bright purple hair. Uh, like piercings all over and tattoos. And I, I totally, totally was way too judgmental off my first impression of her because I told Jess, I was like, hey, do you feel all right about this? Like, I don't know if I feel all right about this. And Jessica just trusted her like motherly instincts and gut. And is like, no, I feel, you know, I've talked to her for a bit. I feel great. 
let's go. So we went to a soccer game there in England for a day, and then we came back. And the kids had loved their time with her, and she was just the sweetest human ever. And so that that was a lesson to me, not to be so quick to judge others. How do you think your marriage has gotten better by being on the road and traveling? I would say when you're traveling, you kind of like you don't have like say if you're a regular married couple living in a house and you get in a big fight. It's kind of like, well, I'm going to go to this side of the house and I'm going to go this side of the house. Or when you're traveling, you kind of don't have that option. Like you're legit stuck with each other. So it's just like cage match style. We need to figure this out and communicate and get over this hump because we are stuck together. Our well, and, kids depend on us. And you also see every emotion from each other, from everybody that you're traveling with. You see people stressed out. You see people experiencing something amazing for the first time. You experience someone right. when they're hungry, when they're tired. Like you, and, and actually, I think it's good advice to dating couples to like go travel together because oh, for sure. it shows so much of a person's character, the way they act. And I mean, for us, it's been a learning curve to realize. For me, I'm stressed out on some of our travel days and Garrett knows what he needs to do to make sure that mom can keep her cool. You know, like we've had to learn to like, <laughs> how to like call each other out when we're stressed out, you know, cause there's sometimes where I'll get just so frustrated at the kids and Garrett can say, you're being mean to the kids, stop it. You know, like we've had to learn to call each other out when one of us is being ridiculous. I say, Jessica, you need to Just chill. to calm down. No, there's two things. Okay, from my, from a husband's perspective, if Jessica is being like crazy stressed on a travel day, uh, usually first I'll try like just taking the kids and giving her her space and letting her like calm down by herself. If she is just getting really out of hand, then I'll call her out and let her know. And she's usually like really good about being like, yeah, I know, but guess what? It's a travel day and I'm stressed, so just let me stress. But worst case scenario, if she's really stressed out and I just need her to like calm down for the safety of our family. <laughs> I have found out that I can just steal her thunder. And if I start losing my cool and I freak out, then Jessica immediately is like, oh no, what's the matter? Cause she's such a selfless human that yeah, if I start freaking out, she immediately like checks herself, just worries and thinks about me. So that's worst case scenario. I try not to do that too much cause it works really well. I mean, I think with parenting, it doesn't really matter where you are so much of it is how much the kids feed off of your energy. And so if you are happy and positive and brave and serviceful, they see that. So it kind of just more than anything makes me to always have a positive attitude because they're gonna always feed off of that. And right. like I said, I mean, that's that's traveling and that's any day of the year. I, I will say it's for sure pushed me and pushed the kids to get outside of our comfort zones. We've, we've become really good at pushing our kids to be brave and they do a lot of brave stuff and and honestly sometimes it's frustrating because like my kids will be like i'm gonna go jump off of this rock and i'm like huh no yeah, you kids know are for sure more brave than just yeah today. i'm like the wuss of the family now because my kids are so brave i don't know sometimes i hesitate to give this as parenting advice just because not everyone's in a situation where they can spend so much time around their children like jessica and i have been able to i've been so fortunate to but for me as a father, one of the big things is just the amount of quality time. So much of teaching your kids specific life lessons is just like slow cooked, you know, repetition and timely lessons that can only come when you're spending like real true quality time with your kids. 
And uh, fortunately, travel offers us that. Ever since the rise of reality TV, I've always wondered how you strike a balance between what you put out there and what you keep to yourself. How you have a, quote, normal life and the life that you're showing your audience. We don't post a ton when we're we're with our family, when we're with my siblings and my parents and stuff. We kind of just really try to be present, same with Garrett's, and then And then we also don't post much about religion. You know, we hold that very close to our hearts and we don't post much about that part of our lives. I think kind of a a beautiful side note to our travels is that so many of the places we go are remote where we can't have technology or internet or phones. And so we just, a lot of the time we spend with our kids is purely disconnected and fully present. And I think that especially in today's world is just so important. We're like pretty transparent and upfront about it to our audience saying like, Look, we're very grateful anytime you watch our YouTube videos and, you know, check our Instagram because that's how we can afford our unique lifestyle. But we're also very transparent being, we hope that you watch our videos and it doesn't motivate you to like binge and watch more and more. We hope that you watch one of our videos and it inspires you to like turn off, disconnect and get out and make your own family adventures. This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza. A special thanks to Jessica and Garrett Gee. It was produced, edited, and mixed by Ramsey Yunt. The executive producers are Joe Piazza and Tyler Klein. Theme song by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404-996-1173. Or send us an email at joe at committedpodcast.com. That's jo at committedpodcast.com. You can grab a copy of Joe's book, How to Be Married, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio and produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is he breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.